0: Good morning, y'all. Good
1: morning. Good morning.
0: I have a special surprise today. Hey. I got my family here. Yay! Oh. Yay. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Today is our anniversary. He got to live with me for 52 years. <laughs> I know, I don't look 52, but. <laughs> Uh, We would like to thank everybody for being here. Um, If you're a visitor, if you'll fill out a Connect card in the front of the pew, um, we'll contact you, but I promise it won't be anything. We'll just contact you and tell you we're glad you're here. Uh, To give to the church, if you'll just, we're still not doing the offering plates, but there's a box back there on the back if you want to put your check in, or do like I do, just go online to your bank, have them write the check and send it in. Or you can go to Cypress Street Church Give and send a check that away. On Wednesday nights, we have a Keys to the Kingdom study for the ladies that I enjoyed last Wednesday night, but it's really going to get a lot better, I can tell, the deeper we go. Uh, the men are in here and Brother Ray Owens, um, <coughs> leads them in, uh, Bible study in here. And then Connor Stanfield has the youth upstairs. And speaking of youth, we have a youth bake sale today, so it's to the right as you go out. Be sure to stop and pick up something from them. <coughs> and then next Sunday, We'll have worship service again with Brother Ray and singing at the guest house at three. Um, Faith Promise is uh, next weekend. No, the weekend after, April the 9th. Supper will be in the Fellowship Hall with Jacob Brown and Zonya Mitchell sharing. Sunday, there'll be a Faith Promise worship service with Carvin Adams. And we have a letter from um, Barbara and David Miller. It says, uh, I got this. It says, (laughs) El Ditorio La Trompeta. Dear Cypress Street Church, let me start by saying that we had given them $900 And it says, Dear Cypress Street Church, thank you for your generous support of the editorial La Trompeta LTD. Your investment has helped fulfill the great commission of Jesus in some 20 nations of Latin America, contributing to the spread of the gospel through the books, study resources, digital media, and La Trompeta Magazine, the official medium of the Church of God in Spanish-speaking countries. And that's from David Miller. And uh, now we're going to worship. And if you'll just sort of put all of last week's troubles behind you because there's nothing you can do about them anyway. And uh, <laughs> clear your mind. And, and uh, you know, we used to sing a song that said, uh, To the house we will come with rejoicing. How many of us really do that? So let's. Let's sing. Won't you stand with us this morning as we begin our praise? God is good.
1: All the time. All the time. God is good. All right. God is good. His life will shine, God is good. God is so good. This morning we want to sing praises to his name. Praises to your name, O Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I sing praises to your name. I give glory to your around along, Good, good Father. Let's enjoy singing that together this morning. we need before we say a word, Father, it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you who I am. Amen. (laughs) You may be seated. Children, it's time to go to your special classes now.
0: for today's brother, Ray Owens. Uh, we're so thankful that he has been here to fill in for us. And I have—I just uh, was thinking about him the other day. I had um, gone, James wasn't feeling well, so I ran around to uh, McAllister's to pick him up some uh, potato soup and I was in the Jeep and I'd already placed my order online. And I was supposed to just go up and touch the sign screen and tell them that I was there. So I rolled my window down and the screen wasn't working. So I um, <laughs> forgot to roll the window up. And then I sort of have a sort of a degree of panic. And when I noticed that there was no way that I could get out of that turnaround there if I need to, I just sort of, you know, you panic. And it's the same way at Chick fil A, I just can barely go through that drive through. And um, so I was thinking, okay, I'm in the Jeep. I I could jump that if I needed to. (laughs) But the lady in front of me would not move. She sat there forever. She just, I don't know why, she she just sat there. So I'm thinking, okay, I've got to calm myself. So (laughs) I was thinking about long ago, you know, Daddy, Daddy and his music. He always listened to... This is going to really age me to best old Goodman, the Goodmans, and how she just belt out singing, you know, and she could just sing. And uh, he had a big old long Zenith stereo, you know, and all of his 95s, and, and he listened to them. And I was thinking about a song that either her, the Spears used to sing, um, While the Ages Roll, I'll Keep On Serving Him. I forgot the window was down. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just belting it out. And when I realized that was up, down. I'm thinking, oh my. So I look back and the lady back behind me laughed. So see, <laughs> I get caught in the Jeep, not the shower. <laughs> um, in our prayer requests today are listed. I'll just ask that you refer to them in the bulletin and um and it also gives how you if you'd like to put a prayer request on or i mean, in the bulletin to call the church and then you can text karen oldham and it gives her number um and brother ray i'm going to ask you to come and come on up now and lead us in prayer
2: let's pray father it's an honor to be in your house this morning To still away and come into your sanctuary. And Lord, like was said earlier uh, by Sister Donna, we have so much on our minds, so many things, Lord, this world throws at us, our life throws at us. Lord, we need to have this time that we still away. And on the first day of the week or the first morning of the week, we come to worship you. And Lord, we love you, we adore you. You have given us life, you've given us opportunity to live. Lord, to experience so many joys. And yet, Lord, we live in a fallen world, and you've given us victory to get through that fallenness in your son, Jesus Christ. So, God, you always make a way where there's no way. So, acknowledge that. We adore you. We love you. we praised you in song. And, God, for our needs, you tell us to not just tell you, but to cast them to you. So, God, we cast to you every name that's on the prayer sheet. Lord, many of them have some serious physical needs. Some, Lord, it's ongoing and lingering and, Lord, very frustrating. God, we just pray you'd touch them. God, I also pray that you'd be with our pastor-elect, Father Matthew and Nicole and his family and trying to get everything transitioned. Father, we just pray you anoint that process. Lord, I pray for that special need that's on our heart this morning that if we had one thing we just want for you right now, God. And most likely, it could be something in our life, but it very well could be something in one of our children's lives, one of our family, our friends' lives. Lord, it just has a real need. We cast that name to you right now in the name of Jesus. Now, God, I pray that as I share the words you've laid on my heart that you will guide and direct. Lord, you know there's so many ways to go here, so much to share. But really what's important is that your spirit takes the words and speaks to our hearts. And so, God, we give you permission to speak to us now and move us. May it be alive. May it challenge us and may it encourage us. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Donna, you caught me off guard, so I got to. Turn my mic on. And I've got a throat lozenge so you're going to have to be with So I'm changing mics here. I'm actually back on Facebook, right? So probably I'll move around a lot anyway. So we'll get kind of crazy. I kind of was enjoying that where I could go all around and some of y'all were getting freaking out a little bit but that's all right. Uh, I got tied up with something this morning so I was a little late but y'all do have the insert about the Missions. I just want you to look at that. You'll be getting a letter here pretty soon, in about a week or so. Uh, Appreciate this church and its faithfulness to missions. Definitely something that is amazing, and uh, there's amazing things that are going to happen with that. Sorry we didn't have the video going this morning, but so many missionaries, so many amazing things that are going on. In fact, if you were here Wednesday night, was it not wild? Goodness gracious. Our new youth guy had a packed house of six upstairs. I mean, literally, it was crazy, yeah. And, I'm, and, and I heard from a few of them that, uh, man, he's cool, I'm coming back. They didn't say that about me, I'm just saying.
1: They
2: said he isn't cool, but I'm coming back. no. <laughs> Had, and then Dana's class uh, was, was packed out and then we had Brother Carvin in here, great job good good audience and so Wednesday night was rocking in fact Dana said she loved the group so I probably shouldn't say that on Facebook but she loved y'all, she's taught a lot, she's looking forward to exciting uh, times and things ahead. Also um, I believe in prayer and I know you do too and uh, a lot of prayers going on. In fact, Wednesday night I had uh, 20 sheets uh, from Anderson of five names, you know, for kids that are going to IYC around the uh, North America. I think it just was Canada. In fact, the sheets, the names that I looked, we got assigned randomly from that are going to IYC. IYC is International Youth Convention. It's in San Antonio in July. It's an every two-year event, and of course, it got canceled two years ago. Uh, think about two years ago this month. Anybody remember or we forget that that quick? I mean there was a lot of fear, there was, you know, churches were shut down, everything was crazy. IYC is a big event, one of the largest youth conventions in the world actually. And uh, really an amazing thing. And what it is, we're asking for people to pray for five random names that were assigned. And what was funny is we actually, out of a hundred, Names that we got assigned for this is all of North Louisiana, all the churches. Uh, Reuben Mitchell's one of our names, <laughs> but in addition to Reuben, uh, we're going to give you the names of those from our own church that are going, and ask that you be praying for them uh, as well. I know think like Peyton, Connor, I'm trying to remember Carly. I think are going. So we want to add those as well as Reuben and Hannah, of course, be taking them. I think Charlotte as well may be going. But if you didn't get, those names were gone. So if you didn't get a set of names and you want another, if you'll call Priscilla, we'll print you out another list and have you randomly assign five names. I don't want you left out. That's all I'm saying. I don't want you left out. So that's five names you can be praying for. Okay. So be aware of that. There may be a few left, but I know we pretty much got those names taken care of, okay? Thank you. If you look at your outline, and you want to use that this morning, I've been sharing now for a few weeks on the topic, Meet the Cast, as we go into uh, the Passion of the Christ. Is Easter coming up really soon? And uh, we do take off on Palm Sunday for our missions convention, but we're we're building up to Easter so we're talking about characters in the story and you might not remember but the first characters we talked about were Judas who we don't tend to talk about a lot and Peter who both denied Jesus who both had issues like crazy one of them though realized when they came to their senses one ran and was alone as you know and it wasn't very good what ended his life the other one when he came to ran to the disciples stayed in the room you know with the rest of the hidden ones and ran back to God and we know that just a matter of just within a couple months thousands of people are getting saved as the Holy Spirit falls on Peter and the point was failure happens and what we want to do is fail forward every one of us in here fail we're all gonna fail but with God we can fail learn from it grow and fail forward so that was the first one the second one last week was about a guy named Brabus and that was the one where we said that's the day God paid our bail the cross that Jesus was hung on and I, I told you it means so much more to me now that I've been there and seen Uh, the road to Damascus coming out of the the old gate of the city in Jerusalem and you see where the cross was because the Romans wanted everybody to see it. That cross was built for Barabbas and that cross was built for you and I and Jesus took our place. And you think about the story of Barabbas the story of Barabbas is our story and I, I think that was powerful. So today I continue with basically Pilate and the crowd and we talked a little bit about this last week so it really ties into that one of the same scriptures. There's an old fable that is out there about a man and his son who went to town to get a donkey. I don't know if any of you <laughs> ever went to town to get a donkey but this uh, fable talks about this man going to town to get a donkey and so the old man's walking the donkey the young boy's behind and unfortunately this man like a lot of people, is very susceptible to the opinions of others do you know anyone that's susceptible very you know concerned about the opinion of others social media national news the president of the United States in my lifetime I've seen presidents vote based on the polls. Has anybody here seen that? Man, there was a time that didn't happen the president set the agenda. You follow what I'm saying? So, let's don't be too hard on this old man, he's walking along, carrying the donkey, the boy's behind. He comes by somebody and he says, make sure I get this right, he said those fools they could be riding that donkey. So the man puts the boy up on the donkey and he's walking along. And then he comes by to another village and the man says for him walking along with that and he says, Look at those crazy people. That old man and that brash boy sitting on the top of that and that old man barely walking along with that donkey. So the man stops, he gets on the donkey and has the boy walk the donkey. Well, as they go along a little ways, the little boy's on there and he says, I mean, the, you know, the old man's on there. and he said, look at that old man riding that donkey and making that poor boy walk. And he said, and by the way, they both could be walking. You know, they should ride the donkey. So they both got on the donkey. Well, you know, the next town, what are they going to say? Poor donkey. poor donkey. Both those men on that donkey. And as the story goes, make sure I get this right at the end. At the very end, the boy and the man are carrying the donkey down the road. How many of you carried a donkey down the road? (laughs) So goes the opinion of people. Anyone here had your life influenced by the opinion of others? Absolutely. We all have. Every person has. There's none that haven't. But hopefully not too much and hopefully not on certain things and that's what we want to talk about. You know in my career as a psychologist and a supervisor of psychologists And my whole career outside of the ministry and in the ministry, I've counseled a lot of people that have told me they're doing something they really don't want to do. And even sometimes something they know is wrong, very morally wrong, not just pleasing somebody, but morally wrong. But it's what somebody else wants them to do in their life. So I have some questions for us this morning. So who are you and I trying to please? Who are we trying to please? Everybody's trying to please somebody. You know, there's a song that talks about you're going to serve somebody. Does anybody know? Serve the devil. Serve the Lord. Everybody's going to serve somebody. Is there someone's opinion that's more important to you than your desire to please God? Is that true? That's something I think we need to ask. Whose opinion is so important and powerful in our life that actually could trump what we felt God? Now here's a problem. If we don't talk to God, if we don't hear from God, if we're not praying to God, speaking to God and, and those kind of things, we might not really know what God wants us to do, right? So obviously it starts with knowing the Word, talking to God, and really you can talk to Him all the time. He can be with you so you know what He wants. That's the first problem. We've got to have that for sure. That's, that's a, a demand but the second thing is if we know that now then we can reach out and when other people tell us things to do that are contrary to that I think we need to know which one trumps what right priorities we're gonna kinda cover that today do you and I tend to go with the crowd I'm gonna read a scripture to you that's from John chapter 12 verse 12 through 19 and you only have a uh, I think only a little one scripture of that. That's okay. Put that's on your outline. I'll read it out of the NLT. And this is Jesus arrives at Bethany. Now, if you can imagine Jerusalem sitting kind of down here, there's a big valley, the valley where Absalom's tomb is. And then Bethany's on a hill and the Garden of Gethsemane's there, all that stuff. And Bethany's up at the top of this hill and you can see Jerusalem, it's just right there. Jesus arrives at Bethany on Saturday at the end of the Sabbath, the Shabbat, the end of that. He arrives there and there's a big party because guess what he had just done? Raised Lazarus from the dead the last week. And that's kind of a big deal. Lazarus was well known. He was well known there. He's raised him from the dead. And so now we're talking Sunday morning, the first day of the week. And if you're in Israel, by the way, Sunday's not a holy day. You understand what I'm saying? It's it's the first day of the week. It's like Monday to us. So here I start. On Sunday, the next day, the news that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors. The Passover was coming. That's the big celebration of, of what? The Passover of the angel of death in Egypt. It's packed out. Okay. They took palm branches and went down the road to meet him and they shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the king of Israel. And I'm going to continue reading. Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that was said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was the fulfillment of prophecy. But after Jesus entered his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead. And they were telling others about it. That was the reason so many went out to meet him. Because they had heard about this miraculous sign. Then the Pharisees said to each other, listen to this, there's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. Listen to that. Everyone's gone after him. I won't skip down to verse 42, which is also not mentioned. Many people believed in Jesus, however, including some of the Jewish leaders, But they wouldn't admit it for their fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. So here we are on Sunday, this great Palm Sunday, and everybody's Hosanna, they're getting palm branches, he's king, and it's such a powerful display of the victory of Jesus that the leaders that were trying to kill him are going, well we've lost the war. You follow what I'm saying? There's nothing we can do. Everybody's gone after Him and even the scripture says some of the Pharisees themselves believed in Him. But they still were concerned of people's opinion. Sunday. I want you to think about that Sunday and what's happening there. Wow. Now last week I read Mark and I'm just going to read a few verses of it. Okay. This is four and a half days later, Sunday, probably morning, Thursday, afternoon, okay? Jesus is before Pilate, and and Pilate comes out and says, Should I give you the king of the Jews? Remember, verses Barabbas, okay? Verse 10, For Pilate realized by now that the leading priest had arrested Jesus out of envy. He knew he wasn't guilty. I'm going to skip down. Then the people shouted back, crucify him, crucify him. Why, Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? The governor, the Roman governor, essentially the dictator, is going, why do I crucify him? What crime has he committed? He's again admitting he's not guilty. But the crowd only roared louder, crucify him. And on your outline you do have verse 15. So Pilate, anxious to please the crowd, released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip, literally beaten almost to death, that's what it was, was for, and then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to crucify him. Wow look at the change from Holland crucifying to four and a half days ago do you trust people's opinion I've seen it in politics I've seen it in crowd groups that get all worked up we've all all of us in leadership have been afraid if something you get a crowd and maybe there's something horrible could happen if you let it out what would happen panic, right? Stampede. There wouldn't be an orderly movement. You follow what I'm saying? I'm telling you people are very fickle. So how much of our life do we forfeit if we try to please people? So I have some points on the outline there for you you can look at. If we're deciding, you're gonna please somebody, you have to decide who you want to please and I do too. And the first one is pleasing people is temporary at best. I don't think we realize this and I think we need to talk about it. Pleasing people is temporary at best. We are fickle. There's a guy named, his nickname is Cannonball. Do y'all know anybody named Cannonball? Sometimes your nickname can tell you a lot. Well this guy actually was a Cannonball. He was one of those guys back in the day, I don't know if any of you have ever seen him, but they literally got in a cannon and they shot him out and they usually landed in a net well cannonball is the most famous of all twelve hundred times he was shot out of a cannon many times broken bones he had arthritis real bad (laughs) (laughs) I joke a lot of times about getting up in the morning and when I walk now that I'm getting so old you know I make noise -eh," you know like that and how much I just Want to ask the Lord one day, why don't we have grease zirks? You know, and you could just pump them up. Man, wouldn't that be awesome and, you know, everything. Well, this guy really did hurt. He was very messed up. The shock of the explosion, the hitting of the net. So he was asked the question, why would you do it, particularly all those years? His answer was this, have you ever heard the applause of 60,000 people? Guess how long the applause lasts? 15 to 30 seconds. Occasionally, you'll get a standing ovation, and it's maybe 60 seconds. And then you run back, get in the cannon again, and boom. Wow. Many of us have found out we can't please people because it's never, ever enough. How many of you know, even with your child or, or anybody, most people, if you keep giving and giving and don't have healthy boundaries, that, that it'll never be enough? I, I know I should open the altars right now to all the parents. <laughs> John 2, I have a scripture, I think, on your outline there. John two twenty three. It says, because of the miraculous signs, by the way it's the same thing that Jesus, they just said a few minutes ago about Jesus. Why did they run out to be with Jesus? Because He had raised a man from the dead. You know, they'd done the amazing real life thing that we watch in movies that happens. You know, because if you're any fan of Star Trek, Star Wars, or Marvel Universe, They die, and then about four movies later, they got to bring them back some way because they go back in time and bring them back or something, you know. Well, this really happened. Notice this because of the miraculous signs that Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many people were convinced that he was indeed the Messiah. But they didn't trust, but Jesus didn't trust them because he knew what people were really like. (laughs) no one needed to tell him about human nature in other words our Creator and and our Savior Jesus Christ knew what people were like in other words when they're bragging on you Jesus had enough sense to know they're not really with me (laughs) and when they're cutting him down and and they're killing him he knows they're not really as bad as it seems what did he say on the cross to the people Lord forgive them cuz they really don't have a clue what they're doing God himself knows how fickle people are and how we are. Think about that. So just this story today is so powerful to know how the whole city of Jerusalem are, let's just say a thousand people out of the city at least, a huge crowd, how fickle they were from in four and a half days. Pleasing people is temporary at best. Think about the Roman governor. He tried to please the Jewish leaders. Did they like him? No. They hated his guts. And by the way, afterwards, did they like him? No. They just got what they wanted for a temporary period of time. So that's why I said pleasing people is temporary at best. Number two, never trade the treasure of your values. Man, your values, who you are, are so important. Never trade the treasure of your values for the trinkets of people's favor. Did Pilate know Jesus was innocent? Yes, we've talked about that. Verse 10, verse 14. Pilate sacrificed that value to please people. He compromised his heart. And by the way, it wasn't just him. Do y'all remember? His wife had a dream and a vision and knew Jesus was the Son of God and wrote him one of them notes. Now, I don't know about you men in here, but when your wife writes you a note and you're sitting on the judgment seat, you probably need to read it. And if you got any sense at all and your wife gives you a note, you at least ought to consider it. That's a smart man. Maybe I should be preaching this on Mother's Day. (laughs) This is a Mother's Day sermon all of a sudden. Oh, brothers and sisters, we must get back to biblical values and a biblical worldview and mor- morality that's biblically based. I said earlier in the sermon, you got to know the word. I mentioned Wednesday night, I was going to share with them the latest research that came out from the Barner Group was released this week. The data found that 50, currently 51% of Americans say they're Christian. Fifty-one. That's down from let's see, twenty. 20 that's pretty much. Twenty seventeen was forty-six percent. You'll love millennials, and twenty twenty, January twenty twenty, before COVID. That, by the way, before COVID's BC. <laughs> that's what I'll say. I always say, two years ago BC. <laughs> of you millennials, pat yourself on the back, say they're Christians. But here's the problem. They did the research, how many have a biblical worldview? This is basic biblical knowledge and applying it to their life. 51% of Americans currently right now say that they have a biblical worldview. How many would you think actually know what the Bible says? 6%. 51% say they're Christian, 49% say that reincarnation's in the Bible, 33% believe human beings are born in a sinful nature and can be saved through the consequences of Jesus Christ. Did you know getting saved through Jesus Christ is what makes you a Christian? And only one-third of those believe that. Because you can go to heaven, what? There's all kinds of ways to go to heaven. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean? No, the Bible says, and what does it say? There's only one name. And I'm not bragging on me and my view as for me and my house and I hope your house. I've decided the Bible is the word of God. That's what I base everything on. I even believe the Bible is what this country was founded on, even though there's major leaders now saying the Constitution is terrible. It was just written by a bunch of white slave owners. That's exactly where we're going and that's the fall of the Roman Empire. It's the fall of us. You've got to have something. And church, if we don't base everything on the Bible, we got a problem. Don't you dare. You can love me. You can look at my life and go, oh, there's a lot of good things about it and all that. And I'm a brother raised church. I've heard people say I go to brother so and so. Oh, I'm telling you. That's fine to, to respect people, but an, everything needs to be based on the Bible. Don't even trust me. Compare what I say to the Bible. Now hopefully Carvin and I usually have <laughs> at least based our sermons on the Bible, because <laughs> we're good we're trying to be good guys, you know. But the Bible is the plumb line. And now that we don't even know what the Bible says, we' the plumb line swinging like this. It used to swing like this and then about the 70's it kind of started swinging like this and now it's just swinging all over the place. Wow. Now, you go, oh brother Ray, there's no hope the world's coming to an end. Well, the world is coming to an end, but don't worry about it. There's a lot of hope. First of all, I believe every one of you in here are in the six percent. I believe every one of you have at least an idea of what the Bible believes at probably the 90% level of the basics of the Bible. And I don't know about you, but I'm still learning about the Bible. You know what's cool about the Bible? You can read the same thing a hundred times and God's Spirit can anoint it and you'll see something new the next time. Or you've read it so many times you didn't even think about it, but you're going through something right now and you read it and it hits you or comes back to you because it's hidden in your heart. And it's like applying to what you're going through right now. Wow. But if you don't have that power and you don't have that knowledge, then, then it's a problem. So it's sad when leaders compromise their values it's sad, yes, it is true. It's sad when law enforcement compromises their values. It's sad when we see ministers compromise their values and fail. It's sad when we ourselves fail. Proverbs says the wisest human to ever live wrote this choose a good reputation over great riches. For, be, for being held in high esteem is better than silver and gold. How many of you believe that's the American philosophy right now? Not. What do we call the dollar? The almighty dollar. Absolutely. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate it, drank it, and went on about his business indifferent to the fact he had given up his birthright. If you don't know that story, you might struggle a little bit in biblical worldview. (laughs) But this is a story where he's starving to death and I got being starving to death if it's been eight hours I'm starving to death (laughs) you know I got starving to death but he sold his birthright for pottage you know for some stew y'all know the story and by the way we're still paying for that if you know anything about world history and you know anything I mean it's really this there's a lot of effects about Arab Jewish anyway that's 10 sermons okay let's move on Get back online. Three, number three. Letting others make your choices does not relieve you and I of responsibility. Letting others make your choices does not relieve you and I of responsibility. Y'all know that most of you, I've been a psychologist and I've done a lot of research. I've actually done some human research, which is very hard to do, very hard to get approved. But Dr. Ruth. Brenda, a psychologist, did a study with 10 children, and there was a board that was there, and there was three lines. One was very long, one was medium, and one was very short. Ten kids, she had gotten nine in on it to say when she says which one's the longest, they all pointed to the short one. How many of you think the kids would pick the short one versus the truly long one? This is not like any open to interpretation. You understand what I'm saying? It's a long one, it's a medium, it's a short one. And nine of the kids are pointing to the short one. Seventy-five percent of the children pick the short one because what? Everybody else is. So our nature, now how many of you have a kid that you know wouldn't do that, (laughs) they're picking the, I don't care, i say it's that one. And sometimes we say they're strong-willed and they're driving me crazy, but you know what, God needs some people like that that are on fire for him. That know what the truth is and don't negotiate it, amen. That's what we need. So yes, we're fickle, we want to be pleasing people. Now look, you're just as guilty if you go out of your way to not please people. You know what I mean? That's not good either. Look at this, Ecclesiastes 11.9. Same author, Solomon. Young man, it's wonderful to be young. Enjoy every minute of it. Do everything you want to do. Take it all in. But remember that you must give an account to God for everything you do. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I like that, young man. That's for you, Gene. Anyone let you, you know, talk you into doing something that you had to pay a price for later? Sure. So our aim is to please who? God always, for we all must stand before Christ and be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good and evil we've done in our bodies. So we know what the Word of God's saying, let's please, let's please God. And we do make an account or an answer to what we, we say and what we do. Pilate, giving in to the people, really demonstrated this because what did he do? He had them bring a water basin in and washed his hands of the crime. And if you read it in Mark, he says to them, I'm not guilty of this man's blood you are and do you remember what the Jewish leaders yelled out? yes not just us but all our children and you think well you can't do that to your children I mean you know yes you can how in the world do you do that to your children? If, if I choose to make a moral choice in my family did you know it affects my daughter? and my daughter's brilliant, y'all know she's a doctor, you know a lot of things about her. But when I'm raising her up, the choices I make really influence her significantly. But she did see this one good thing. She saw that as for me and my house, we we're at the church all the time. And Back in those days, Vicki Cootie, we were at church a bunch of days. And I went to sleep in a lot of pews. They used to have board meetings on top of board meetings, and I slept like a one. I mean, you know what I'm saying. We were there all the time, y'all. You know, I'm just telling you. But as for me and my house, that's what we were going to do. Now, does that guarantee she's going to make it? No. But on the other hand, if I go, well, if you want to get up and go to church today, you can. If you don't you don't have to, whatever. That's what we're teaching. You know, that's what we're, we're saying. I'm just using that as illustration. It could be many, many things. So when we say, yeah, me, you know, we'll take responsibility for this, we're saying we're passing it on to generations and if you don't believe in generational sins the Bible talks about it and Mercy Ministries has been very successful in fact you women will go through that in your your class that a lot of folks have generational sins it's not really anything they've done but because so much sin has been in the background of their family it's really a propensity to have that problem Um, It can even be immorality. It could be a lot of things. If you come, it's like being raised in a family that never had any education. I'm not bragging on it or criticizing. I'm just saying if you're in a family no one ever had education and you end up going to college and getting a degree or something, do you see how you broke a big mole? (laughs) Okay? I shared with you an illustration in a sermon. It just came to me one time about, remember, the 15-year-old, the mom encouraging a 15-year-old to get pregnant. Anybody remember that? Why? Well, she got pregnant at 15, her mama got pregnant at 15, and her great-grandma, you know what I mean? In other words, it's going on. So sometimes we as parents have to face the reality that our decisions do affect our children. But if we always seek to, we fail, but our kids see us fail, but we still turn back to Jesus and God, just like Peter, What an amazing example. Honey, you're going to fail. You're going to fall. But as for us, we're going to always try to be better and better and seek God's power to overcome. And by the way, we always, always, always have hope. I love uh, Winston Churchill's famous quote during the war. Never, 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 never give up. That's the best I can do. I'm not an actor. Honestly, number four, honestly following Christ will bring you to relational crossroads. Choose who matters the most. You're going to come, if you're following Christ, you're going to come to some relational crossroads with people. Young people especially, Connor, others, I'm telling you, Ava, I'm telling you, When when you're a young person, you're going to come to relational crossroads if you decide to follow Jesus. But just make sure you choose who matters the most. The other night, I was flipping through the channels. And uh, I don't watch a lot of TV. But I was flipping through the channels and there was this old movie on Mean Girls. And anyway, this girl they had these mean girls in high school and they were really manipulating, you know what I mean, it it was just, it really fits right along with this. The, The whole thing, how they were being manipulated. Pilate had just asked Jesus, are you the Son of God? That was earlier and Jesus said, it is yes as you say. So he knew that. His wife sent him a note. Pilate isn't gonna go before the judgment seat one day and go, I didn't have a clue I mean, he had all kinds of opportunities. Pilate had to make a decision. Do I do what I know is true, which he admitted publicly three times, okay, or do what the crowd wants, and you and I have to come to that same decision. Should you and I seriously investigate who Jesus is? Should you and I seriously investigate who Jesus is, and then should we make him Lord of our life or not? Now it's one thing of knowing cognitively who he is, it's another thing making him Lord of our life. And when we make him Lord of our life, I'm telling you, the decision's settled. Should I please the guys? Should I please the gals? Should I please the people at work, family members? Lord have mercy, TV or Hollywood, the music philosophy. Now I'm going to read a very controversial scripture and it may be on your outline. Matthew 10, I'm going to read 34 through 37. Jesus speaking, very controversial. Jesus said, Do not, don't imagine I came to bring peace to the earth. Now this is the Prince of Peace speaking. No, I came to bring a sword. I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against his mother and a daughter-in-law against your mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right there in your household. Because if you love your father or mother more than you love me, you're not worthy of being mine. And if you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. Now, that's very controversial because it sounds horrible, but it's not. It's saying that if you want to please people that you love in your family more than setting the standard of pleasing God and me, you're going to have problems. He's not talking about not loving your family. He's just saying, if you don't set the priority of me and my word first and serving me, you're going to have problems. Now, what kind of parent are you if you set Jesus first? You put him first in everything. You might have to put off driving to Chick fil A till after church or Johnny's Pizza. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But what kind of parent are you? You're not going to be a bad parent. Are you going to love your children? Are you, Husbands, are you going to love your wife? Wives, are you going to love your... You follow what I'm saying? The Bible, look at what kind of person you're going to be. But we have to set it. And we all come to those relational decisions. Young people, I mentioned that. I remember riding to high school. <laughs> My first car was a $300 1959 Chevrolet Impala. Why, well, it couldn't have been a 57, 55, 56, or even I took a... 58, but 59, and it was the ugliest pink they ever made. It was a, not a pink pink, like hot pink, which I wouldn't have been driving. It was a pukey pink. It was terrible. And it had a stick shift and a clutch and a steering wheel about this big because it didn't have power steering. Literally, you know. And I drove down, dropped my sister off at junior high, picked up a kid and drove him to high school. And I really liked the kid. And by the way, he'd give me a dollar for gas because I could fill it up for $3. Try that today. What do you get? I don't even think you can get a gallon for $3. I think I I, I got gas, by the way, for 14.9 cents a gallon. That was awesome. It's called a gas war. We need more of those kind of wars. (laughs) Okay. I picked this kid up and I really liked him. I'm driving him to school and he started bringing me candy and and gum. And I mean, he was bringing. Then one day he made the mistake of bringing me a case of it, like you buy at Sam's Club. And I go, "When I stop, we stop." And you didn't put, you didn't have park. You threw it in reverse and popped the clutch. Now we're in Kansas. There aren't any hills, so it's not going anywhere. (laughs) But and I said. Hey, I still remember this. We need to talk. Where are you getting this candy? Well, uh, some boys, if you don't want to know, but let's just say some friends of mine are, it's hot. It's stolen. I went, oh my gosh, I'm eating stolen candy. And By the way, stolen candy tastes pretty good, I just want to tell you. I went, oh my goodness. And I remember going, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? All day that bothered me. So when I picked him up the evening going, I took him home and I said, I want to tell you something, don't you bring any more candy. And really it kind of started the end of the relationship and that hurt me. But did you know it didn't take me too long and now looking back on it, that actually, I still said that relationship could have continued, you follow what I'm saying? But did you know that was a good thing for me? Because I went one direction in life and at our first reunion I checked on him and he was in an all-expense-paid, very secure facility, having all his... He was having everything taken care of for him. I remember girls, even in my youth group, that man, I thought they were awesome and thank goodness for Garth Brooks the theologian and the song thank God for unanswered prayers cause I would pray "Oh Lord she's awesome let her be the one and God was going uh-uh <laughs> but she goes to church and she's we didn't say hot back then I don't know I forget what we said cool or something I don't know what we said and God said no no," because God knew I needed Dana and Dana needed me. I remember guys having language and I'm really bad. I remember working my first job and especially in the gas station and the language was really bad. Guys would come in and kick their tires and cuss, probably deacons, you know what I'm saying? I got you. Especially when gas got to thirty two cents a gallon we thought we were going to die, the world was coming to an end and everything. I'm just telling you, it was bad. People cussing and all this stuff. Well, when I hear it all the time, I don't really want to hear it all the time. And that's one reason I don't go to certain movies and why I love VidAngel so much is get that stuff out. I don't want to hear it. Because if I hear it, I might repeat it. You follow what I'm saying? I just don't want it in my mind. And I had a problem. I knew if I heard it, I'd repeat it. And I remember having to break some relationships with guys who every other word was a certain thing. You follow what I'm saying? I knew that. In other words, I'm giving you actual examples, teenagers and everybody, where sometimes we might like somebody, but we can't be around them. We make a choice in relational decisions. So yes, I made Jesus my Lord. I pray you have too, and I believe that you have. And yes, from time to time, we have to reaffirm that we made Jesus our Lord. And I think this is one of the moments. Exodus 20, 2 through 3. I am the Lord your God. Do not worship any other gods beside me. So we have to decide who's number one. And in your life, I've got some questions, I think, at the bottom of the outline. Who are you really trying to please? You're going to try to please somebody, number one. Even I struggle with this at times. Here's what I'm telling you. God's telling us today, if Jesus is your Lord, let's reaffirm this morning that he's number one. And everything else falls off of that. Now, here's a tough one, number two. Based upon behavioral evidence who's number 1 in your life. Now what in the world do I mean by behavioral evidence? If I were, I believe actually this is how the demons and Satan work, but let's just say I didn't know you from anything and I studied your life. What you looked what you went to on your phone, social sites, who you hang around with, what movies you watched. Uh who you did whatever they wanted you to do or whatever based on that but even based on your thoughts maybe who's really number one in your life well if I watch TV 40 hours a week and I read the Bible 15 minutes a week (laughs) the behavioral evidence isn't what I think I'm saying, do you follow what I'm saying? the behavioral evidence so who's number one and the last question this morning for us and this is just between you and God man I'm, I'm not giving you any judgment but what do I need to lay down at the foot of the cross because we've proven that people are flaky we see it in news media every day I see it you see it so what are the barriers that I face to being sold out does that make sense worship team so the question really boils down to what do I need to lay down at the foot of the cross would you bow your heads with me Holy Spirit speak to our hearts Lord for some here this morning I believe you're, 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 you need to give encouragement Lord they're making tough decisions and it's tough and Lord, at times they're alone because they're making tough decisions. Lord, maybe they're a parent and they're making some tough decisions and it'd be so much easier to give in. Maybe they're a spouse and they're making tough decisions that are right and, and it's tough. And God, for them, they need an encouragement, a word of encouragement from you. Holy Spirit, would you give them that encouragement? Father, also, for some of us this morning, we've been pricked a little bit by your Spirit. The Spirit's told us, you know, based on really the actual facts, I need to lay some things down. I need to change some things. Father, I pray that all of us, including me, We'll reach out to your spirit and hear what it is you have to say to us. May you encourage, may you challenge, and Lord, may we have the sense enough to follow you and respond appropriately in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and sing with us?
1: Jesus is Lord of all. Jesus is Lord
2: of all. Father, you tell us in your word for those in Christ Jesus, there is now no condemnation. So I rebuke Satan and his immediate throwing out condemnation to people and judgment. But what I do lift up is your Holy Spirit letting us know how much Jesus, how much Father God, how much Holy Spirit you love us and yes you sometimes ache over us. Jesus when you look down at Jerusalem you said Jerusalem, Jerusalem how oft I would to like to bring you in as a mother hen brings her chicks under her wing but you would not. God that's the love you have for us. And sometimes we can't please people and God can't even help us if we don't let God do a work in our life. So I pray that each of us as we leave this place or as we go to circles now God that we would know we're loved by a God that sometimes aches when we don't make him Lord, when we make mistakes. But just like us and our children he doesn't quit loving us might put some consequences on us, but he's trying to bring us back into the fold because he knows eternity. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us that much. You're a father that tells us to not put our hands on the hot stove. You're a father that tells us not to run across the busy highway. You love us. You care for us. Even the rules are out of love. So may we feel that and I rebuke Satan and anything he throws any other way. You love every person that hears my voice. And I pray blessings on them and encouragement on them and draw them closer to you this week. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen.